acknowledge that we are currently recording on stolen land, the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We would also like to acknowledge that as two South Asians, we inherit a great amount of settler privilege being on this land. First Nations justice is critical to any sort of justice. Welcome back to a very consistently uploaded podcast that I share with my best friend Vasha Yajman. My name is Tiara and although I just introduced her, today I'm here with the lovely bubbly Vasha. Yes, today we are here after a single failed recording that was my old laptop's fault. It ended up crashing a day later. So, you know, we got our answer for why the audio didn't work. So, sorry, Vasha, but we have to re-record again. No, it's fun. I'm actually excited. I feel like it was a fun little episode. So, I like this topic. I like this topic too. So, Vasha, what topic are we doing? So, we're doing an episode on things we wish we would we knew when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's always helpful. Because I feel like there's so many things that were just never talked about. Or brown people never really talked about them or I didn't know any brown people talking about them when I was younger and now I'm like ooh, I'm a brown person and I can talk about them <laughs> yeah that's my mentality as well I also feel like because I mean depending on who you ask and depending on your context our culture is so taboo our culture <laughs> is so taboo that there are just some things that we don't talk about and I know I say that quite often but it, it's true and it's really weird as a brown kid to then be talking about it so publicly because putting yourself on a public platform irrespective of what it is you're opening yourself up to scrutiny and I don't think either of us are strangers to that yeah for sure and I think especially with issues around like mental health or relationships or anything like that it always just feels a bit weird and yeah I don't know I also have realized a lot of things that I do now and I'm like I justify it by being like oh it's just cultural context but then a lot of the times it's also like you're also in a different country in a different context as well um so having to adapt to it and everything but yes should we get into the responses yeah uh, (laughs) I think we had good responses there were ones that I aligned with but Vasha would you like to would you like to take away? Yeah, so we got quite a few responses, so thank you. So basically, we put these questions on the N2BC pod Instagram, so go follow it. Some of the responses that we had to the question of what do you wish you knew when you were younger is not everyone will like you and that's okay. I think that's a big one, and I feel like it's a big one boundary-wise as well, and it's something that I've just had to learn over the years in that you will literally just never please certain people and that's okay. And you just have to recognize it and be like, okay, cool. I feel like I'm kind of half living for you now or just like living for your validation and I'm never going to get it. So I'm just not going to do it anymore. And I think initially or some moments I still have where I'm like, oh, maybe I should be doing X, Y, Z. Um, But 
overall, I think I'm a much happier person making decisions that I actually want to make rather than making decisions I feel like I have to make. That makes me very happy. Yay! What do you think, Tiara? Sorry, I was just reflecting on what you said. (laughs) It's okay that not everyone likes you. That's something that everyone has to learn, right? Mm. Especially when you're brown. When you're brown. Well, I know we say when we're brown, etc, etc. But it's true. We're just Mm. speaking from our experiences. And I think a lot community-wise has to do with saving face and your reputation and what will other people think and how will other people interpret this. Uh, how will this make us look? That's such. That's a big facet of it. And I think the older this particular generation gets, the more we're like, we can't. We can't actually care about what people think about us because then what does my life turn into? Yeah, and I think for me, what showed me that was moving out because that was probably one of the hardest decisions that I had to make and like I wanted to make and I'd been thinking about it for a long time but obviously like community discussions around it were always just so tricky to have and yeah I think also just like growing up with a single parent and then also being brown it was just kind of two things there um because a large part of it is like yes your family being okay with it but then also the community perception of it of like oh I think like a big thing was she's ditching her mom and you know like she's just leaving and doesn't care and all of that and I think some people were really lovely and understanding but then a lot of the people that I knew who were brown hadn't moved out and some of them still haven't moved out so for me to even be able to justify it was really really tricky um because the argument always came to they have to travel further than you for work or uni or whatever it is they still live at home and then on top of that it was they also have two parents so like what's your justification for wanting to move out and to finally be like okay no I'm doing this it took a lot and I feel like I think the the difference in other people I see that are moving out is just the amount of support and you know it's the little things that are there when you're moving out um for the first time as well but I was also really lucky in that moved around quite a lot as a kid so I guess like I got that experience from my mum as well of like what it's like to do rental stuff and go to inspection and so and do all of that but I definitely think that you lack support in so many ways that so many other people have um which is just something you realize and recognize and sorry that was such a big tangent but yes move out if you want to no but that's what no that's what people want to hear especially the whole aspect of well if You've made this decision for yourself. Keyword, yourself. Mm. Should you really care what auntie from Bankstown thinks about... Like, you know what I mean? Or like auntie from Cherrybrook thinks about it? Because I don't. Especially the ones I'm related to. I don't care what they do or say or think about me. So that's... Of course, we have to address the, the... how do I say this? We have to address that component of living in a South Asian family of reputation and saving face, right? Mm. A lot of what we do as young brown children, whenever we make a decision, it's kind of drilled into us. How will this affect my family or how will this affect my parents? And of course you want to think that to a degree, but to the point where you have to make a decision for yourself and you feel like you can't because of external influence external eyes watching you 
that's where you kind of have to stop and think, okay, well, who am I making this decision for and why do I care? Yeah, and I just think, I feel like a lot of us have previously made decisions in the name of like, oh, well, this would probably be the best one, you know, for family or for cultural reasons. I don't even know if it's family sometimes. It's literally just cultural context or like the certain... Mm part of the brown community that is just extremely conservative and won't let go of their own ideals and then will continue to like bitch about every other person's kid it's just it's actually ridiculous and then we'll somehow justify their actions that are also ridiculous by saying oh but you know i just love my child and i've done so much for them and it's like i don't know how far you're gonna get by doing that sort of justification for your whole life or their whole life yeah that's a pretty that's a lot. Yeah. Did you want to read one out? I do want to read one out. Just... If your friends if your friends aren't considerate of you, they're not your friends. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. 100%. No, yeah. That's that's just fact. Uh and I kind of learned that in the last couple months. Mm. I had such an overwhelming amount of support during a really 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 really, really crap situation, including Vasha. And there were there were just instances of people not being considerate as they should have been, given the severity of the circumstance. And I thought that was really sad, but also I didn't necessarily... I, I just realised that maybe we're on two different wavelengths. Not in a superiority way, mm. but this is how I interpret things, this is how you interpret things, this is what you prioritise... This is what I prioritise, and that's not bad, but that's just how it is. And I think you learn that around high school, Mm. because you're not going to be in high school forever, and people can change, right? Mm. So I think that's been a big, big, big one for me. What about you, Vasha? Yeah, no, I think last year, and even the start of this year, has definitely been like, just really questioning who I want to have as friends because I think it's really easy to be in spaces where you're in a group or you know you just see certain people a lot more and you're like well you're all my friends I guess and then really diving into the fact of why are you my friends do should we be friends or is it just more like an acquaintance thing and what kind of level of friendship do we have obviously n- not everything has to be this deep like sometimes you just see people and you're friends yeah, with yeah, them yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah, whatever yeah, I mean. i'm yeah. not saying like go and analyze every person and make like a fucking map that you're associated with yeah. yeah i'm not saying yeah. do that but i think for me it like i think values wise i just really realize like who actually aligns with me and letting go of friendships especially close ones close ones are just so so hard to let go but then also realizing that it is completely natural and I feel like in your 20s just to just to make a blanket statement about being in your 20s but I think just like adulthood in general you just have so many different commitments you have different priorities and I think we all just have such different needs and relationships as well and if you're being communicative or like we all mess up in that area as well. But if you're trying to get your point across, like, this is what I need, and you feel like it's such a one-way, you know, sort of relationship, then I think let go. Like, that's just what I realised. It's like, it's fine. That's just life. And it's never, at least when it's happened to myself, it's never been malicious. It's just mm. more so we just comes differently wholeheartedly we just comes differently we just communicate differently we're just two very different people 
And that's not a bad thing all the time. At least I don't think it's a bad thing all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think to some extent, I feel like you can feel let down, which I think is one of the worst feelings to have such expectations because then you're dealing with the fact that you feel a bit betrayed, but then you're also like, why did I have those expectations? Am I wrong for having those expectations? But at the end of the day, you're allowed to have that in a relationship, I think. Any sort of relationship. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I don't think. It. I don't think you're wrong for having really basic expectations. Like, for example, if you know your friend is going through a really hard time and you don't even pick up the phone and text, it doesn't need to be consistent. Like, you don't need to check up on someone every day, right? Because... Mm eventually time flows and so does not actually I don't think the pain goes away but it's when you're in a situation where I hate to say this but it slowly deteriorates with time and you start doing new things with your life Mm. just if as a friend you don't do the really 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 basic things yeah and the other person is upset about that I find that to be a hundred percent valid because I did used to gaslight myself and think, oh, you know, they don't need to ask me how I am. And yeah. then my other friends, my real friends were like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you accepting crumbs? And also, we, I think it's really important to acknowledge we all have shit going on. So sometimes, so some of us will have more going on than the other. And I think it really is important to be like, I'm going to do my best to be there for the friend. And I'm sure there are instances where I could have done better and all of that. But I think just really recognizing that if somebody's also just reaching out to you or has made it clear that they're not in a good space, then yeah, I guess just being there for them. If you want to be as well, and if, if that's something that you value in a friendship and you want a really strong relationship with them, like at the end of the day, it is a two-sided thing. So if you don't really want a close relationship, then I guess you don't have to do those things. But yeah. I mean, sister, I mean. I mean. <laughs> do, you have, do you have any more? Um, um, um. Let me see. <laughs> no one is actually doing amazingly well in life. People just choose to tell you the good stuff. That's very true. Do you think I posted about my... Okay, yeah. You know why? You know why? Let me give you a real contextual case study. (laughs) Did I post about my traumatic breakup? Maybe not outwardly, maybe not directly. Did I post a bunch of emo reels and, like, cute photos of myself? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Like, you know, like, you don't... You don't always post everything verbatim on social media, right? You're not going to post your horrible days. Or, I mean... Sometimes I do. I once posted a photo of me crying when I was in year 12 on my Insta story and everyone was like, what's wrong with you? No, (laughs) but but yeah, I agree. No, it's just, oh, you just, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You get what I mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. sorry, no, you go. No, 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 you go. Yeah, I also just think that also, like, being very vulnerable on social media definitely has its positives because it's like, oh, I mean, they're having a bad day, but and I do too, we're so relatable, ha, ha, ha. But I also do think that, you know, there are downsides to it and not everyone's going to post everything. Like, I've been, like, going through, like, a weird mental health relapsey bit and definitely getting better, but I didn't post all of that at that time because I was like, this is not healthy for me to post while I'm in the midst of relapsing. 
Mm. Yeah. I'm very proud of you for that. No, I'm proud of you. We are proud of each other. Yay. <laughs> okay, the next one is something that I really agree with. But, yeah, I really agree with this one. Drugs and alcohol are glamorized and are more likely to ruin your life than actually be fun. How do you feel about that? Okay, I personally don't have an issue with either. I'm like, do whatever you need to do. Obviously, be safe, all of that. Um, yeah, I, I like, I'm a bit of an advocate for decriminalization of drugs and all of that. Um, I do think that alcohol is definitely glamorized. And I have boundaries for myself around drinking and, like, all of that kind of stuff. Because I grew up in an environment where drinking was literally the worst thing you can do. Like, when I was younger, probably till I was about 16, 17, I was like, I'm never going to drink. Like, that was my complete mindset. And then coming into an environment now where, like, drinking for a while, I think, with some people I knew was definitely, like, well, you have to drink to, like, go to things and stuff. I definitely know people like that, but I also know my own boundaries. I'm like, I'm not going to drink more than X amount of times, like... I have my boundaries around that and I feel like as you get older as well you just figure out what works for you like yeah I I was talking to um someone about this so it's like I can't believe alcohol is just so normalized like the way that you know networking for careers is literally around alcohol the way that socializing yeah all of it is just alcohol focused yeah and I was told this, I had that exact conversation with a friend where he was like, I didn't drink. And I was like, oh yeah, I try not to drink either. And I don't anymore. Like I, I went on this long thing of no drinking. I did for a bit and then I stopped because I was like, okay, yeah, this is why I don't drink anymore. Mm. And I think it's because alcohol is a, a depressant and makes personally makes me feel horrible. And I think I naturally am just extrovert depending on the setting I think I'm quite extroverted I don't think I necessarily need alcohol to talk to people because the big part of alcohol or drinking culture is that it's a social lubricant same with smoking Mm -hmm. and vaping you just need something I hate vaping I I think smoking is actually better than vaping sometimes because people are like oh vaping is fine vaping is chill smoking is bad blah 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 smoking kills but it's like vaping does as well I hate vaping. They're both terrible. I no, I hate them both, but I hate vaping more because people just like the way it's branded. It looks like a pretty colorful highlighter, and then all of a sudden, everyone's just like vaping. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't get roped into that though when I was younger because I feel like it seems so so hard to get out of. Like I know people trying to stop vaping now, and they're struggling because it's it was branded as such a fun little thing to do that doesn't hurt you. And it's like, no, mate, that that's not what vaping is. They literally... It, it, um, I, this is my opinion. Mm. I genuinely think at some point that it was created in such a way to market to younger people just so the tobacco and smoking industry didn't take a pitfall when everyone was going through their anti-smoking, through that anti-smoking and healthy lifestyle era that we had back in the, like, what was it? Like, the early 2020s, like, 2019, Yeah, no, but I also think it, it was really branded as a way for people to quit smoking and slowly gradually transition out of it, and now quitting vaping is so, so difficult. So, yeah, I just hate vaping. And I think with drinking culture... With the whole, like, social lubricant and it being a depressant, 
alcohol does not make me feel awful. Like, I'm just, like, a happy, silly person on it, like, when I drink, so... You're hilarious. You're not what you're not hilarious, you're just cute when you're drunk. I'm just like happy. I'm like I'm happy as a normal human, I hope, but like with alcohol I'm just like a little bit more silly and and that's just fun for me. But I remember there was this one time where I was like, I'm not going to drink at all tonight. And then I ended up drinking because I was super nervous at this like social event where I knew no one. And it was like, it was, it was just bad. And then like, I didn't drink too much or anything. But I remember after that, I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink at social events for a bit and see how I feel. Um, And I was fine. And I was like, okay, it was just a one-off. But like, Basha, you need to keep yourself in check that you're not drinking just to... Just to be, like, happy, silly, you know? And to, like, get along with people. Mm. I think it's also... You know, there are two artists I can think of that actually... Like, you know how Doja Cat had to get throat surgery because she was vaping so much? And Lana Del Rey brings her vape on the stage with her. Oh, my God. So much so that when she dropped it on stage or something, she was like, where's my vape? Yeah. It's just so normalised. Yeah. And it's just fun and colourful and it smells and tastes good. So everyone's like, wow. But I think vape is a, se- vape is a secret killer. Oh, I don't even think, think it's a it. secret. Now the government's trying to regulate all that shit. And I'm like, this is just not how you do it. Because it's just going into the black market now. And I'm like... It's just, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I know people who have bought vape off of eBay, so that they're not going to be able to do it. <laughs> also, vaping has been around for a long time. It's not like just this random new thing. It's just been more popularized. So I'm like, if, yeah, mm. I just, I just think drug reform in Australia is awful. And that just perpetuates a cycle where people can't seek help. And it's like, you know, people are going to do drugs. At least if they're going to do it, let them do it safely. Sorry, this is just a whole tangent on why we need pill testing and decriminalization. But I just, I hate drug culture in Australia because it's just like, ooh, it's illegal, you're going to go to jail. And then, yeah, it just doesn't do anything helpful at all. It's not only that, it's, if it's illegal and you're going to go, this is why I'm such, I'm a very big, I, I remember when, because people, unfortunately, pass away at music festivals. Yeah. Right? My personal belief is that, especially when it comes to using hard drugs recreationally, there's so many warnings. You can make as many PSAs as you want. You can make as many NSW commercials as you want. People are still going to do it. You know what would avoid a lot of people passing away tragically? pill testing yeah. and drug reform yeah and i don't i'm very like ask basha i'm very against hard drugs especially like i will never go near it when my friends go to raves i genuinely get worried that someone will drug them like i get so scared <laughs> i get genuinely scared and it, it, it freaks me out mm. but you know what would avoid a lot of that yeah and it's like people are gonna do drugs let's be realistic like drugs have been around for a little while um i just think let people do it safely like you're not gonna stop them doing it i don't know i just Mm. hate the whole culture around it yeah it's not enough to get upset when someone passes It, it is you can get upset when someone passes away at a music festival or doing hard drugs but if you really want to avoid that i don't know pill testing kind of sounds viable it is viable. Like, we literally have sniffer dogs everywhere looking for drugs. If you just replaced some of them, at least, with actual pill testing centers, especially at things like music festivals, I just feel like 
and also the whole culture around like addiction and everything would change anyways sorry this is so tangential but it just pisses me off <laughs> no that's a that's a very good point that we actually haven't talked about ever no but th- that's our podcast. little thoughts on drugs <laughs> yeah i'm very very i just want to make it clear that i'm very anti drug i've never on me i've never done a drug in my life <laughs> Whoa, in case she hears this just in case. Thank like, you. <laughs> and neither has Vasha. Just saying. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> I just have to put that out there. But she knows my fr- she knows my friends. My friends are G's. She knows that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. Would you, what was the next one, Vasha? Um. Um. um, 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 um. What is the next? Oh, this one's funny. Date outside the friendship circle. <laughs> yeah, do just just do it. Date outside the friendship circle. Uh, what do you think about that? I can't say I have any experience in it whatsoever, but from the stories I've heard, yeah, maybe date outside the friendship circle if you can help it. Did my situation count as dating inside the friendship circle? I don't know. I mean, when you go from being besties to dating, perhaps. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, listen. Normally, uh, oh, actually, I don't know my opinion on this now, just because my situation was so particular. But all I'm going to say <laughs> is that there are many fish in the sea. There are. I mean, I don't think anyone should be completely closed off or whatever. I'm not like, oh, red flag, friendship circle. But, like, everything's obviously circumstantial. I think just having a good plan for if you guys do break up. I don't know. Or if things go wrong. I think the dating someone in your friend group and maintain friendships with the rest of the group is a big... It's, it's like, it's fine. Uh, just... I love how you're trying to find the nicest way to say this as well. <laughs> you, you, I'm just going to try. Don't cheat. Don't make it awkward. Don't do things that are... Just don't do sus, terrible things and you'll be fine. I think that goes regardless of whether you're dating in your friendships or cause or not, right? Like, I'm sorry, Vasha. I just speak from experience. <laughs> That's the only thing I can impart upon the people. Don't... Just... Just... I don't know. Do things... And think about yourself and others. That's my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know about... as I, I don't know. Yeah, date in the friendship circle if you want, but there are so many fish in this sea. You can... We can we can look together, guys. It's fine. Don't... We can worry. look together. <laughs> Little look search together. party for your future significant other, guys. We're starting one, apparently. <clears throat> yeah, no, we're starting a vetting process. That's what we are starting. Yeah, no, oh, I'm such a proponent of getting people that you know and love and trust to vet your partner and and not just like, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's important sometimes, you know? Yeah, but recruited at least, what, five people? <laughs> yeah. To help me. And like, sense. I don't think you need to take everyone's judgment into account, but, mm. you know, if they raise things and you talk to your partner and then you don't feel comfortable, maybe, maybe red flag. I don't know. I don't know. I literally have no experience, so don't, I can't say anything at all. Amen. 
Which one did you... Uh, which one did you just read out? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a nice one. If <laughs> this is this hits hard. If you didn't have a boyfriend in year eight, you'll still find the love of your life later on in life. Oh my god, yes. Okay, I literally had diary entries. Okay, <laughs> when I was about <laughs> to go into year eight, about how I was so sad that this boy that I didn't like didn't like it. It was, it was actually just, it was pathetic. I'm like I was a year eight. I give myself grace in that, but also yeah you'll be fine you'll be fine also if you're in a really really like if you're one of the minority groups in your high school in terms of race and stuff you'll be fine don't worry you'll be fine yeah because i remember in story time in primary school i really liked this boy and he's the only like gora boy i ever liked in my life maybe besides chris evans but he didn't like me back <gasps> and i was really upset i thought i was unlovable like what like what year three me thought i would never find love in my life and like it just it wasn't possible and then going into high school i went to high school in like not that this makes a difference but it i went to high school in western sydney i was an uckus i was such an ugly like i just wasn't conventionally attractive in high school right like, I was on mad steroids because of my medical condition. So I had, like, the puffy face. I had, like, I just had that awkward teenage face, right? Except it was fueled by medical issues. Mm. And all of these people in my grade would date each other for, like, yeah, a week or two. But I was still like, how come I haven't been invited to this party? What the fuck? Like, why haven't, like... And then I realised it was because, oh, Tiara, you're not that hot. No. And, uh, you probably don't want to date the guy you sit next to in pastoral care class every day, so it's fine. Yeah, no, I think it's so easy to measure yourself up to, like, oh, like, what age did I have my first kiss, or, like, sex, or, like, anything like that, my first date relationship all of those things they don't matter i thought they did for the longest yeah, time they don't matter they actually don't matter like at all and i can't like reiterate that enough because that sort of milestone stuff consumed me for the longest time and it made me really apprehensive of dating or anything like that they don't matter though yeah yeah that's just another example of it i mean you leave high school eventually but for your sake just don't date within the friendship group. I'm going back to that point only because I'm just remembering how friendcestuous my high school was and it was just, it was strange. Mm. It was weird. Weird. Mm. Okay, do you have any more? Um, yeah. So there's another one. And we kind of already touched on this earlier, but um, white people therapy speak can sometimes be applicable to all situations and I think this is really good because you know how white therapists all the time are like set boundaries guys and like take care of yourself oh, blah, blah, well, blah. okay yeah I get it now <laughs> I get it now. I'm like oh oh I'm allowed to set boundaries it's actually crazy Cra crazy. crazy I never thought of that before ever in my life yeah like like oh wow this works <laughs> Like, wow, really? Yep. Crazy. I think that's a big, that's a big thing. I didn't even realise. It's really hard to do, especially in, like, a South Asian context, I found, because 
You're literally grown up. You you grow up with the idea that setting boundaries is this awful, like criminal thing that you could do, that would just like damage your entire relationship with everyone around you. And then you set some boundaries, and you're like, oh wow, our relationship is better, and I don't feel like shit, and you don't feel like shit all the time because we're not yelling. Wow, imagine, imagine. You're crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. Can't believe boundaries actually work. It's just, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because when someone says that to you, especially if it's someone who's not brown, mm. especially if it's a non-ethnic, this isn't me uh, criticizing non-POC mental health professionals. No, I literally have a so white just therapist. Just a commentary. No, 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 no. Yeah, and we're not doing that. It's more so just a commentary on how there's a gap in the mental health system in terms of culturally competent mental health training, and. Mm. Based on my personal experience, there is some change towards it. But, you know, back in 2019 or 2018 when I first needed a therapist, I went to about four on a whim. None of them really understood the context that I was coming from. And then I found uh, one that did understand and she wasn't even, she wasn't even ethnic. She just had really good cultural competency training and she knew that it would be kind of, it, it wouldn't be useful just telling me to, to set boundaries. I think she tried to understand my situation more, which I appreciate. But, yeah, we're more so also kind of saying that. Yeah, because, like, my therapist now, who it took a while to find, so I think another piece of advice, unsolicited advice, that is, um, is, like, keep going till you find somebody who's actually good for you in terms of, in terms of everything, but also, like, well and truly like mental health professionals it's so important to find one that is good for you and there are people out there who are good for you um I never really saw a I saw a POC one she was my first one it was unintentionally POC awful awful like literally the worst therapist that I've ever had I knew more about her life than she knew about mine um just so bad now my therapist why she's lovely I adore her with every little fiber in my body um is super good about being like well I know you can't cut xyz out of your life or anything but here are ways that might be helpful so that you know you're not triggered or whatever that is and it's actually really 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 helpful stuff um so yeah shop around until you find the right mental health professional I also use bulk build therapy that exists I just do mine over zoom Mm. I love it I can do it anytime I want and it's just good Someone messaged me this, a very long paragraph, but I don't have permission to read out the entirety, so I'm only going to read out what she said. Don't be embarrassed of your accent, because Aussie accents aren't amazing anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I think Uh, the accent thing's really good. I mean, not that I fully relate, but yeah. I think, here's the thing, I think I... The only person that I know personally that could relate to this are my parents and my older sister because she grew up in Lanka. Or she was born in Lanka and then she was brought here. Mm. But even now, if I say something in my language, well, even if it's in like Hindi or Sinhala, I'll say it in the accent. And even brown people, not even brown people, but even people that I know make fun of me for saying it, even though I know it's correct. Mm. 
like if I pronounce a name in the way that it should be, this <gasps> yes. is really no names. Right? I'm such a problem. I know that I don't even say my name properly. Like I'm like Varsha. Like it's not Varsha. And and oh my god, one of my colleagues, she's brown as well. And every single time I get off a meeting with her, she says my name properly, and I'm like, I literally told her this. I was like, thank you for saying my name right. Yeah, is and it Varsha? Yeah. And, like, I don't expect anyone to say it like that. Like, I feel like I'm so used to people calling me Basha or, like, a nickname or whatever like that. And I love it. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I just got very excited. But, yes, keep going. You didn't cut me off. You didn't cut me off. It's fine. Uh, But, no, that's so true. Oh, shit. I should probably say her name properly, eh? Oh, my God. No, but it's it's just one of those things that, like, you've just known me as Basha the whole time, right? That's true. That's true. But you don't call me by my first name. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like, I never am like, hi, Sajini, how are you? It's always, hey, Tiara. Mm, yeah. um, or, like, hey, whatever stupid yeah. nicknames we have for each other. And that's kind of that. Um, yeah. I definitely like, prefer... What? Yeah. yeah. You definitely prefer... The, Varsha? I definitely prefer the nickname route because I'm like, at least you've made it your own. Do whatever with that. And I feel like a lot of my friends will, like, call me by a nickname or, you know, not not Varsha either. Um, but yeah, it's just a strange thing. Because, like, I'd be so weird now if people close to me started calling me Varsha, you know? Okay. No, duly noted. I, I, think, I just think it's been like that for 21 years. It'd be so weird. I know, but I like it. What if I started calling you Sachini and everyone around you around you started calling you Sachini? It just doesn't fit me, I don't think. It could fit you. We could make it fit you. Sachini. No. No, I'm not a Sachini. I'm a Tiara. I'm... Sachini is... No one even calls me that. Like, everyone in my family goes by their middle names anyway, so mm. it just never came, came to me. Mm. But uh, something that I think now that really bothers me is when I get made fun of for pronouncing things correctly mm. in the Indian or the Sri Lankan dialect. So, for example... This is really this is a really dumb instance. I'm there are more valid, more meaningful <laughs> examples of this, like how our ethnic mothers used to get made fun of by horrible rude racist people for saying stuff, either A not being able to speak English or B just pronouncing things strangely. But recently I was talking to someone about Alia Bhatt and Ranbir Kapoor's daughter, and they were like, Oh, is her name Reha? Oh. Raha is her name, right? And it sounds better when you pronounce it the way it's intended to be pronounced. But because I say it with the accent, people are like, hey, hey, and I'm like, well, I know three languages and you don't. <laughs> so I would not be laughing if I were you. That isn't like a, that isn't me being like, hey, hey. it's me being like, why are you making fun of people for speaking in their mother tongue or speaking in the accent? Of their ancestors. I just, I don't get it. It, it That up genuinely upsets me, especially as, I think, two second-gen brown girls that are trying to connect more with their culture. Yeah, and I think when you also see your parents getting made fun of for their accent and stuff, it's just like... Because I don't even notice that people in my family, if they do have an accent, have an accent, because I've just grown up with it, and I'm like, okay. Mm. <laughs> it just doesn't make a difference to me. Um, but on, like, a similar kind of related note... We also got one message about uh, being brown doesn't make you ugly or like Eurocentric beauty standards, and I just think it takes a while to hit, but then it does hit. And you're I like, mean, yeah, 
you're like, damn, I'm not ugly. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like colorism and everything, like, I think a part of me was very aware, like, oh, I should be, like, lighter or whatever, and I'm not even dark skin. But to have that element, it's like, whoa. That's crazy. <laughs> this, one, <laughs> this one is pretty funny. It just straight up says, <laughs> it just straight up says, don't homie hop. I didn't even know what that meant. And then Tiara was like, oh, somebody said this. And I'm like, no, explain. I had to explain that to Vasha. Yeah. And I will read out the Urban Dictionary definition again, just so we, I understand it at least. A homie hopper, homie hopping, is when a guy or a girl tries to get back at their ex by dating or hooking up with their friends or someone that goes for people from the same friend group. Yeah. I've heard a few stories yeah. about it and I'm like, oh, maybe don't do that this I don't... I only know one person that's homie hopped. And I... Not that it's a bad thing, but I feel as if though women get more... Obviously, this just happens where women get more flack for doing things that men do without, without criticism. Mm. But I gender omitted from the conversation ethically just general question Vasha has no like Vasha is like kilometers kilometers and kilometers away from this situation <laughs> and honestly yeah so am I like I've never like have you ever homie hopped is my question me yeah no <laughs> she's like why would you ask me that question <laughs> I'm like no not really not my not my cup of tea yeah, not my cup of tea. Like I said, there are more fish in the sea. And I don't think that... Obviously, yeah, I I care because it's myself, but I wouldn't be want to... I wouldn't want to be known as someone that homie hops because you know how men... How certain men... Not all men. How certain men talk about women. Yeah. And I don't know. I just don't want to have... I also don't see the benefit. Like, there are more fish in the sea. Why would you want to go for the same people in the friendship group? I'm like, date whoever, like, do whatever, monogamy, non-monogamy, like, whatever works for you as long as it's, like, ethical and consensual and all of that. Um, I just think the same friendship group is a little bit iffy sometimes. I don't know. Obviously, it might depend on the circumstance. Like, as I said, don't really have much experience in this at all. But I feel like as long as you're not breaking up friendship groups, you know. That's true. And I don't think, say for example, you're, you talked to a guy in the same, you talked to a guy in the same friendship group as your boyfriend. Yes. If it's only one person, I don't see the problem with it. So I think it could be a little bit awkward if it's like, if it's then you're like ex's friend that you're dating. It could be, but... Yeah, it could be. I've never homie hopped, just want to make that clear. I've never done it. I've never done it, never thought of doing it, never will do it. Just ethically, not about that life. Yeah, yeah, I just think I feel uncomfortable. But obviously, like, you know what? Circumstances, whatever it is, context matters. Do your thing as long as you don't hurt anyone. Contingent upon context, whatever. But I personally wouldn't do it and boy or girl, I think... I don't want to say this like I'm an old conservative woman, but in the in the interest of, 
I don't know if I should say this anymore. <laughs> Just say we can edit out if we need to. Okay. In the interest of, you know, self-preservation and not letting people screw with your head and not letting people mistreat you and not letting everyone have access to the gorgeous angel pie you are, I wouldn't homie hop. But I'm also not the type to, like, I can't casual. I was talking about this with a mate. I can't casual date. It takes a lot out of me to actually want to talk to people. And that's not me being like, I'm a prize. It's me being like, I find it hard to No, talk but to you people. are a prize. But yeah, I think everyone just has their own sort of like dating style and whatever works for you. So do whatever you want to do. <laughs> but just maybe don't yeah. break up a friendship group if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be a home wrecker. Wait, no, what? Don't be a homie wrecker. <laughs> That's don't it. Be a homie That's wrecker. it. That's she said it. No. it. Don't be a homie wrecker. Don't be an anything wrecker, to be honest, but. Well, yeah. do you have any more, Vash? No, I think that's a perfect note. <laughs> yeah, that's a great Did way you to have anything it. else? <laughs> don't don't homie hop. Don't homie hop. Don't be a home wrecker, I guess. Is what's your departing message? Don't hold me up. Listen to Tiara. We can call that a wrap then. Yay! Thank you so much for listening, guys. We hopefully we'll have a new episode. Definitely message us. Do whatever you want. Let us know what we should record next. And yeah, hope you're all doing well. And we will talk to you again. Bye. Mm-hmm.